Welcome to Into the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM Wave 94. So those of you who have been keeping up with the radio broadcast, I have been talking about how to prepare for the great wealth transfer. And the other day, I was, of course, I'm always listening and gathering data and information to take to my, I have the Bible study for how to prepare for the great wealth transfer on um, Sunday mornings from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. at All Nations Church. So you're welcome to join me. I will continue for the next couple of weeks. I'll finish, I'll be wrapping it up um, in September. Well, really, the end of August. So I just wanted to let everybody know that I'm always trying to gather and bring um, the latest, most interesting um, information that the Lord, the Holy Spirit brings to my attention. And I was listening to um, someone who used to be, um, it worked for Goldman Sachs, which is one of the uh, most powerful and wealthiest um, um, investment bank investment banks, wealth banks. They're not like um, Wells Fargo, and they're actually about um, acquiring wealth for the for the rich, for the one percenters, and and others. So the interesting thing they were talking, he was talking about, was how we're having rapid inflation. And things are becoming more expensive, and there's a scarcity of washing machines and things of this building supplies to build homes and house housing is soaring and we're having runaway inflation. And because of my great love of history, I remember learning something about the setup um, for World War II, and what actually happened was. There was um, actually a, a tariff war between the nations. And so the tariff war um, helped um, disrupt the supply chain. And, and of course, the backlash of that is um, products down the pipeline are not available because the supply chain had been interrupted by the tariffs, right? And then Soon after that, we had World War, well, we had hyperinflation in Germany, and it literally took a wheelbarrow of cash in order to get a loaf of bread. And in reality, it was unbelievable. And of course, you know, when you can't feed your country, you, um, you go get food from another nation. That's kind of the setup for World War II with Adolf Hitler. So we are, had another, we've recently had a tariff war, as you know. Um, and because of this tariff war, the supply chain has been interrupted. And the other interesting thing is this, that because of COVID and because COVID-19 basically impacted the marginalized, the poor, um, people, homeless, people of that nature, uh, minorities, it it also put a huge dent in the um, the labor population, and especially 
the people on the low end of the spectrum of the labor pool and including the um, the slave labor that you have in the penitentiaries because COVID ravished uh, many of the penitentiaries. COVID-19 was ran rampant in, in the penitentiaries. So that is also impacted along with the tariffs. So now you're finding it hard to get a washing machine or a dryer. Now a house that was worth $250,000 is now worth $500,000. So now it is like it is a, um, and and we're we're going into spiraling inflation. But what people don't seem to understand is, is that this is why God has assigned his teachers, such as myself, to, Get the body of Christ prepared for what is about to happen, which is the great wealth transfer, which is also preparing us to um, basically get out of this world system, right? The world system is buying and selling. God's system is sowing and reaping. The world system is um, stealing and cheating. The God system is giving, right? And and walking in integrity in our finances. So we need to start preparing ourselves because this world system is about to go through some radical changes. And if you're not above this system, if you're not in the system of the body of Christ, if you're not in God's system, Daddy God, you hate Vahe's system, Lord God, Christ Jesus system, Lord God, Holy Spirit system, you're going to be in a world of hurt. And one of the interesting things about God's system is that Money is important, but God doesn't need our money. God uses money as a training tool to prepare people's hearts to become generous, extravagant givers. And when you become a generous, extravagant giver, then you are a candidate for the multiplication factor. What do I mean by that? I mean your money will multiply. And I wanted to talk in particular about um, where I'm taking my class through The Blessed Life by Dr. Robert Morris. And one of the interesting stories that I just found fascinating, and then I'm going to talk about some other points that he made, because this this um, study is cleaning my heart, and I've been a tither for decades. I've been a giver. I'm, I am a giver, and I'm a sacrificial giver, but God, you know, really, um, He wants to deal with our hearts, and our hearts, we're born selfish. <laughs> we come out of the womb selfish, and we have to continuously work on the selfishness that is in our flesh, that is in our earthly hearts, Right? So one of the interesting things about once you permit the Holy Spirit to cleanse your heart, to change your heart, to to make your heart a generous heart, um, then you can start seeing the blessed life. Because the most critical thing for God is your motives of why you do what you do. So like I said, one of the most interesting stories was there was a a young man um, 
and he was in the Bible College in Costa Rica. And this young man, um, they, he was going to Bible school, and he, but he had basically no money. And he worked the fields of a peanut farm to pay his tuition. He went to the farmer and said, I'm wondering if you would withhold from my wages the price of one peanut so that I may have it to give to someone on bl- and bless another day. Keep in mind how each easy it would have been for this young man to simply to pocket a peanut or two as he worked in the fields. God blesses people of integrity, right? So the farmer agreed. So every Friday, the student would, oh, and this is, think about this too. The young the man, the, the farmer said, oh, just take, I will give it to you. And, if, and the young man said, no. Just like when, when the man told King David, I'll give you this land, you know, and, and David, King David said, no, I, I can't give God something that costs me nothing. Right. So this young man was the same way. He said, no, if you give it to me, then it's you giving it, not me. So, no, he so he was really had the right heart and the right spirit. So he said, keep in mind how easy it would have been for this young man to simply to pocket a peanut or two as he worked in the field. God can bless people of integrity. God wants to bless people of integrity. So the farmer agreed. So every Friday, this student will bring one peanut to school and give it to a student in his class. Not surprisingly, God began to bless this young man who had an unselfish, liberal heart. Before long, he wasn't giving peanuts or, or, or to bless another day. He was giving money. By the end of the semester, he was also buying pencils and other school supplies for the poorest students in the class. By the end of the year, God had blessed him so much that he was able to pay a year's tuition for another student. And by the time he graduated, he was paying the tuition of 10 other students besides himself. Within a few years of graduating from Bible school, he bought the peanut farm where he used to work and was covering the cost of tuition for scores of students, well over 200 students to be exact, who otherwise would not have been able to afford to go to school. And it's all started because God did a work in his heart. He gave when all he could give was a peanut. The issue is not the amount we give. The issue is the motive behind our giving. And so this is why this study is so important and why God is preparing a remnant in the body of Christ to get ready for the great wealth transfer. Why? Because in in preparing for the great wealth transfer, there are going to be many, many Christians. I'm not, and I'm talking about in the body of Christ because it's over 80%, probably um, worse than that. Um, believers in the body of Christ don't tithe. And so they're already under the curse. Well, wait a minute. Didn't Jesus, didn't Jesus take care of the curse? Didn't his blood cover the curse? Yes, he did. The curse, yes. However, there are consequences 
in this realm of the physical realm, right? So, so basically, you've opened a door for Satan when you're disobedient and you don't you don't abide by the word of God. So it's it's um, but you go to heaven, right? You're saved, and you'll probably get to heaven a lot quicker because you're disobedient. The powerful thing about this is that you see the multiplication factor, and once again. We God uses Jesus, his only begotten son, and he shows when when he fed the over 5,000 and we estimate between 20 to 30,000 people were fed because it was 5,000 men and they had their wives and their children with them. And it was estimated there was four children per family approximately. So this was a massive group and all he had was what? Two fish and five loaves of bread. Two sardines, probably, and five loaves of bread, because it was a little boy's lunch, right, that his mommy had made for him. So this little boy was heart, was so full of love that he was basically giving his lunch to the master. He was giving his lunch to Jesus. He said, I want the master to eat, right? But Jesus took it. So what are the steps? To see your finances multiply? To see... It's bigger than money. It actually is deals with every aspect of your life. Whatever you're sowing, you shall reap, but you won't reap the amount you sow. You will reap, pressed down, shaken together, pressed down, and what? Spilling over. You will reap. If you sow mercy, you'll reap mercy. I remember when my babies, my son and daughter were little babies, and the Holy Spirit gave me these 10 See keys And one of the secret keys I would tell them is If you give mercy You shall receive mercy Right So if you sow mercy You're going to receive mercy So you need to be merciful Right So It is so Important That We understand that the multiplication factor Doesn't just apply to money But the long and short of the story is that they fed twenty to 30,000 people because as Jesus lifted it up and blessed, so that's step one is it has to be blessed by the Lord and God blesses the tithe, which is 10% off the top before you do pay anything else, before you do anything else. And what I do is I tithe gross, not net. So I'm just making sure in my heart I place God first. Okay, so then the next step is, is that it didn't multiply in Jesus' hands. He broke it and gave some to Peter. He broke it and gave some to John. He broke it and gave some to Andrew. He broke it and gave some to Philip. He broke it and gave some to Philip. He broke it and gave some to Judas. He broke it and gave some to um, Matthew, right? He broke it and gave it to all 12. He broke off a piece and gave every one of the disciples a piece of fish and a piece of bread. And guess where it multiplied? It multiplied when the disciples followed and did what the master did. They broke off a piece and gave it to the first set of 50 people because Jesus told them to say, put the people in um, um, groups of 50, right? So he broke off a piece of fish and gave it to somebody. He broke off a piece of bread and gave it to somebody. He broke off another piece of fish and gave it to somebody. And when he got down to the last piece of bread and supposedly the last piece of fish, he opened up his hands and there was some more fish. There was some more bread. Hmm. 
Now, if the disciples had eaten what the, because they were hungry too, remember, they made sure that everybody else ate before they ate. So basically, if they had eaten the seed, let's call it the seed, then it would have never multiplied. This is a big problem for a lot of people. They eat the seed. One of the other issues is, is that over 80% of the pastors don't tithe. And this is a big issue because the leadership, you know, you know, they have to tithe and the sheep need to tithe, right? Right? So the multiplication factor, what is multiplied is what you give away. And I gave the story about how um, we would take these missionary friends of ours and twice a year we would take them and buy them clothing and, you know, do all sorts of things for them to meet their needs and, um and what ended up happening was, um, what ended up happening was one day, years down the road, someone did that for me uh, unexpectedly. I wasn't even looking for it. My, my wonderful friend, Linda. Yeah, Linda, Linda. She's just awesome. And, um, so, and what did, what happened? The disciples walked away with 12 baskets. So they, their needs were met. 12 baskets of fish and bread from the scraps. So they had enough to eat themselves. My, my question is, where did 12 baskets come from? Because what I was told from the Hebrew of the kind of baskets they were, it wasn't a little teeny weeny basket. It was these big, long baskets, like, you know, big baskets full of bread and fish, right? So, so God is working on our hearts in this how to prepare for the great wealth transfer. And you have to deal with some things like um, greed and gratitude and greed. You got to be either grateful or you're greedy. And, and, uh, and believe it or not, people think that rich people are greedy, but you'd be amazed how some poor people are greedy. And what do we mean by that? Um, Pastor Robert gave another wonderful story where he talked about they wanted to give away a car. And of course, it wasn't, you know, it was something that God had blessed them with a nice van. So they gave away, you know, I guess we'll call it Betsy, you know, Betsy. And the wife was just, just, just ecstatic because they didn't have a car. Whereas the husband kept looking at the van and talking about the van and how great the van was. And when was he going to give the van? That was greedy. He was being given. A, this man had no car and he was being given a car. The greed factor. The other um, issue that we have to deal with in our hearts is we have to deal with, um, I guess you call it grief. Right. Uh, buyer's remorse. When we give something away, sometimes we grieve it after we give it away. Or when we buy something, um, we can have buyer's remorse. Right. And so when you grieve something that doesn't when God tells you to do something and then you grieve it, you, you regret doing it after you've done it. Then you null and void it. The whole process of of the blessing, right? Because you grieved it away. So you have to, you got to deal with that heart and get your heart cleaned out 
and deal with the selfishness that's in your heart. Those are some of the critical things that I have been teaching my class. And it is, the bottom line is, is that you also have to be very careful of mammon, the spirit of mammon, because the spirit of mammon is talking to you just like God is talking to you. And sometimes the spirit of mammon will disguise his voice and make it very religious, like, oh, well, you need to, you need this money. You need to, you need to hoard this money or you need not to give this money. You need to save up this money so that you can do more for the kingdom. Now, granted, that sounds really good, but the issue is this. If the Holy Spirit told you to give it away, give it away. Because there's obviously a need that he is trying to meet through you. And if you are free, if you freely give what God gives to you, then God can trust you, trust you to um, to have more because he knows that you won't eat it. Right. That you won't use it on yourself or so forth and so on. So, you know, and it's it's um, it's a very interesting thing about giving, but giving when God tells you to give and you're not you're not supposed to manipulate anyone and you have to be careful of the spirit of mammon. So the other thing we have to deal with in our heart, you got the grieving and, um, you know, greed, gratitude versus greed. The other issue is that we have to be careful with pride and poverty. What do I mean by that, Dr. What do I mean by that, Dr. Davis? Well, okay, let me let me just t- let me just when you think of of your situation in life, think about this. Pride says I deserve more. Poverty says I should feel guilty. Gratitude says thank you. Gratitude is an attitude of thanks thankfulness and that always acknowledges God's provision. When someone says, wow, you have a nice home, pride says, we're going to build a bigger one. Poverty says, it was a foreclosure. Gratitude says, thank you, the Lord has blessed us. When someone says, that's a nice suit, pride says, it's tailor-made. Poverty says, it was half price. Gratitude says, thank you. When someone says, that's a nice car, pride says, I've got three of them. Poverty says, it's a company car. And gratitude says, thank you. Both pride and poverty lead you to the same point, which is concentrating on the stuff, concentrating on the blessing instead of the blessor. Right. They come from different ends of the spectrum, but they get you in the same position. Right. And so we got to guard our hearts um, and watch out for mammon's friends, which is poverty and pride. OK, so it's, it's really I mean, this this has been a great journey, but this is critical that God deals with our hearts and cleans our hearts out. So and, and he wants us to be just just extravagant givers under his Unction, the unction of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he wants us to be extravagant givers and 
He wants us to not be grieved about it after we've done it. And we need to watch not only the spirit of mammon that basically wants to take the place of God, right? Because money, you know, money is not the answer. I know I, I had to really deal with that because like everybody else, I thought about if I win that lottery ticket, I never forget one time it was up to a billion dollars. Oh, I could do so much. But if you take a close look at the people who won the lottery ticket and find out where they end up is normally not good. In some cases, they're dead because they're not trained to handle money. The wealthy people, the people, the Vanderbilts, the, the Rockefellers, um, the Kennedys, all of these people, they are trained. Their children are trained to handle wealth. But money is not the answer to the problem. Matter of fact, we need to understand that God is the answer to the problem. And I love the story of Dr. Robert Morris and his father, who's a tither, by the way, and a very wealthy man. His father was a, was a mathematical genius and very wealthy. And basically what happened was Robert, Robert Morris was, was a very selfish little child. I mean, he was wealthy, he had a wealthy family, and he was very selfish and um, didn't really care, you know, didn't take care of things. And so he borrowed his dad's boat and went out and there was beeping telling him something was wrong. He didn't like the beeping sound, so he tore the the wiring out so he couldn't hear the beeping. But when he got done joyriding, he had burnt the engine out in the motor in the boat. And he went humbly to his father and said, Dad, this is my problem, and I will pay to get this motor replaced. And his father said something that I thought was just phenomenal. He said, son, if it can be solved with money, it's not a problem. Which, in essence, is that money is not the answer from for anything. <laughs> it's not the answer for your problem. God is the answer and the only answer to your problem, right? And so I thought that, um, and what mammon does, mammon, the spirit of mammon, which is, um, which is one of the generals of Satan, mammon promises you everything that only God can give you. You know, you know, um, Dr. Robert Morris talked about how he had, when he was young, he, he wanted to be, um, looked up to. He wanted to, um, be acknowledged. He wanted to be, um, Highly regarded by everyone. So he went out and saved his money and bought two diamond rings to wear on his finger when he was in high school. And, do you, and as he looks back on it, he realizes how ridiculous it, it was. And that, matter of fact, money can exacerbate bad, the bad things that are in, in you already. So if you are not a nice person and you get some money, you're probably going to be worse because you think money can buy you your relationship or money can fix, get people to love you, right? And that only God, only God walking with God will um, bless you, right? And so it's been um, a real journey for me to go through this book and, and there's more to come and you're welcome to join us. We were trying to put it on Facebook um, Live, but unfortunately where we are in the church, 
the signal gets disrupted. So I kind of given up on that on the Facebook Live. But um, so because I was trying to get it out to a broader audience. So but I might have an opportunity to get it taped. And if it does, I'll let you know. And um, and just go out and get Dr. Robert Morris, The Blessed Life. And then the sequel to it is The Beyond the Blessed Life, which we're going to do in 2022. Okay? So in 2022, we're going to go beyond the blessed life. So I just want to not close this broadcast. I want to close it with Romans 10, 9. That is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Thank you for once again joining me on Into the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM, Wave 94, Dr. Edith Davis. To be a